Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. What is up and welcome to another episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. I am here at the full table tonight. How are we doing, guys? Awesome. I'm doing pretty good. Living the dream. Sean looks good, but he seems kind of... <laughs> blue? Blue? <laughs> He just straight nose laughed into the microphone. Sean, are you sad today? Me? Or you just have a case of the Mondays? You seem down. No. I'm sitting in a room with all you guys. Is that a good thing? Take it as you want it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's everybody up? What's everybody been up to? Matt, we haven't seen you in a bit. What have you been up to? Just uh, hauling dirt, and after the Red Lodge fiasco, just been hauling rock up there. Yeah, we we uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to last week's episode, but we touched on all the flooding for a little bit. <laughs> kind of cool that you got a chance to do some work over there. Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. Get up on Main Street, and half of it's gone. The big motel's gone, and that's crazy. Yeah, we were gonna make a trip out to our land. If we had time to, but we never got to. I'm just still curious if it washed all of it out. <laughs> no, hopefully the neighbor. Yeah, we got some shitbag neighbors, so. <laughs> God, can't believe that guy. Yeah, We're just trying to have a good time. Oh, Sean was there, oh, yeah. wasn't he? Sean was there. What was. were you guys doing? We literally just pulled up. We hadn't even had the camper off the truck yet. But what were you guys doing that weekend? Uh, we His cousin was playing... Oh, you went to a show there. Brewery, yeah. Yeah. So for for those listening that don't know, like Red Lodge in Montana is really close to us. It's like a it's a tourist town, essentially, would you say? Yeah. Absolutely. Um and so it's like a go to destination in the mountains. It's like a quaint little town. It's one of the towns that got really affected by the floods. Um, but yeah, your cousin was playing there. And mm -hmm. so some some backstory. Um, my dad's side of the family owns I don't even know how big it is, but they own land that's like down on this old. It used to be a city, but now it's basically just like another. It's just a subdivision, like rich people subdivision. Yeah, and we just have a little section, and uh, we like to use it for. There was a good uh, creek, river, whatever you'd call it, that we would fish on. So we would either use this land to like pull in, to be like a camp campsite to go fish off of, or like go ski off of, or like these guys did. They went and hung out in town and. Watch right. shows and it was stuff. a good weekend. Mm -hmm. But what happened was, like, my uncles, like, five years ago, like, got in this big, like, bitching match with the neighbor because they were leaving their campers there. And it's one of those, is it an HOA mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that has, like, these rules that you can't do it. So they got my, my grandma got this, like, letter for all this shit. So we had to take everything off the property. So now we just do, like, weekend stuff. So we'll pull campers in there. And then what, I mean, what happened when you guys were there? So it took me, I don't know, I backed that camper in there pretty well. Mm -hmm. We get it backed in there and we were waiting for Sven's girlfriend and Sean's fiance to get there. And this dude walks up and I see him kind of pacing back and forth with a weed sprayer. I was like, yeah, whatever. He's just spraying weeds. And he's like, uh... <laughs> We haven't had a cat incident in like three months. That's true. That's funny. It's been a minute. It's like the old days in here for a second. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Anyways. Anyway, this dude walks up and he's like, oh, you can't, uh, you can't park your camper there. I'm like, 
Oh, but I can. Because I'm assuming he was thinking you were just like some like tourist or something. Well, yeah, he's. I, I'm assuming that he thought I didn't know where it was, and I was like, "Well, my grandmother owns this land. Like, I have permission to be here, whatnot." And he's like, "Oh, well, I took your grandma to court, whatever." And won twice. And won twice. That's and, what he said. Yeah, and she's never been to court, and she's like 80, so like, congrats. So, so I called dad because dad is a power of attorney for that property, and my dad's like. Yeah, you can pretty much just tell that guy to kick rocks. And I just, he's like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but he was 100% being a dick. <laughs> Is the anybody whole time. not being a dick when they use that as their first statement? Yeah. Usually they'll come up and they're like, I'm not trying to be a Karen, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. dude, this is 100% the epitome of a male Karen. Yeah. And pretty much just told you, I was like, Kenneth, call the sheriff. I was like, whatever. He's like, yeah, I wasn't there, dude. I would have fucking got ape shit on him. <clears throat> Yeah, so. Yeah, that was funny. But yeah, so we have that little section of land. We're just curious to see because it is, I would say it's in the floodplain for sure. For sure. I mean, it's because uh, the river goes right by it. I probably filled your pond up. Well, it might, fill, it might have filled that creek. The out. problem is the property's split into like a dry section and then there's a little baby creek and then there's like swampland and it's been drying out over the years, which we've been wanting it to do so we could put a cabin back there on stilts. Um, and then I'm assuming it's just completely soaked again. Not yeah, be. and and the only problem with it is that you'd have to build something off the ground because it's below a hill and the irrigate up on the hill. Oh yeah, and there's an irrigation ditch up above it, so it definitely got smoked. I I just want to see what it looks like really at this point. But there's I mean, nothing. The back, there's no buildings or anything on the it. The back so sides like, are just all swampy anyway. Yeah. So I mean, it's probably just that everywhere now. Yeah, which sucks. It just. Because it is, I could not, detour every load of my rock to that property. It'd be tough to get him with a semi. Oh dude. yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> no, there's a pullout. You can go if you went in straight with a semi. If you had a side, you have a side dump. So oh you yeah, you could done. do it. You might blow some trees up, but oh, you should go right <laughs> through that guy's yard. <laughs> Just they'll be like, Matt saw like 74 loads up here, and we haven't seen him yet. Honestly, <laughs> if I cut some trees down, he could probably make that left hand. Oh, for, I mean, if you guys, because it is. Like his little camper was about the only thing that you're backing in there on that road. Hey, your new camper wouldn't do it. Dude. No, it's just you're too. It's just there's too many trees. Well, think about it. Like it's like a it's like a touristy little like like one lane roads everywhere, and it's like in the trees. I, I will say, and I haven't even told you this. I had my first oops pulling a camper. Oh, when? So it was probably mine coming back from Bozeman. No. That trailer toes like a dream behind that pickup. But anyway, so my buddy that I race with, my old boss, I always bring a camper to the races for him and I to stay in. Well, he insisted. He's like, hey, let's use my pickup since you always, you know, you supply the camper. Well, his is a short box. Mine's a long box. And that camper's so wide in the front. Well, I was turning around, you know, where we always turn campers around. And it was so muddy because it was raining. I kind of slid down the hill and it jackknifed. And the corner of the camper hit his back window and knocked the back window out of his truck. You have to pay for it? Yeah. How much yeah. is that? Ah, uh, they're not very expensive. Two, three hundred bucks. I, I, I would guess it's better than the front of the camper caving in. The one that it, you it just bent literally it a just little got. bit, but it, I just, you just like, got the camper too. Yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. But I should have just. That'll happen every time. Yeah, it's really bad when you have a toolbox back there. First time I, I would have fifth wheel. I came out of Pierce, hung the left, and put the toolbox right through the back window, right through the door, mm. caved the whole side of my 
truck in. Is that the got quite a few tailgates? The six too. seven, the first six seven on that six four. Oh, it was that six four. So that's yeah. But then like he was telling me he's like yeah, it'll be the third rear windshield we put in there. Oh wow! Because apparently something in the body's tweaked, so there's like a lot of tension on that window. Hmm. He said he was driving one day and he had his his window rolled down. And a rock came through his window and hit the back window and knocked it out. If he had been smart, he'd have been like, who just threw that rock? Yeah. (laughs) His wife was standing right next to it when it happened. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. I'm sorry that happened. That happened right before I got home the other day. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of in a bad mood. It just makes you feel sick to your stomach when you do it to someone else's vehicle. Yeah. And his wife was so nice. She's like, yeah, shit happens. Don't worry about it. I've never done that personally, but I've witnessed it happen. And not on a trailer, but... It just this. it confirms to me that I'll never not own a long box pickup since I have fifth wheel campers. Right. We were at the shop one time and uh, there was this chick dude smoking. Uh, there was a chick dude. Yeah, there was a chick like dude. A, no, there was, was a, she smoking Marlboros or no? It was a <laughs> it was an attractive human that came in. This was years ago before I had a girlfriend. So. Uh, male or female, we are unsure. No, I don't know. It was, it was, man, it, was <laughs> it was definitely male. It was definitely Did you hear male. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a chick, and she was like a hard, like she had a brand new sled and everything. And uh, she brought it in, and she's like, I need you to put a ski, like a ski, you know, what, you know what a little uh, ski stop rubber is, it goes underneath the ski so they don't like completely fall, like float, like fall when you're. Whatever it goes in between the spindle and the, the ski. spindle and the ski, uh, because she's like, yeah, I, I just loaded it in the back of my truck and drove it through the back window, <laughs> and so yeah, that was the Jeez. only back window blown up I've ever seen. Yeah, it sucked. I knew it too. Like, I could see that it was going to happen, and I hit the brakes, and I just slid down the hill, and I was like, poof, and I was like, oh god, damn it! It's been a muddy. We got damn it. We got an inch and a half of rain at the house yesterday. Almost two inches. That was a big there, storm. There was so much rain in Harden. I called dad yesterday. Or Stacy, and I'm like, I got hamburger in the fridge. Take it out. They go in there today, and they're like, your fridge is beeping. It's not working. Everything unthawed. Everything's ruined. What's the code? While it rained so much, it filled the inside of the back of the camper up where they got that little sight door for the. Oh, air. on your camper. Filled the whole inside of my camper up with water. Oh, lovely. Nice. Killed my fridge. Didn't you just put Probably the fridge in the there? floor? No, I haven't put a fridge in there yet. Oh. I'm going to now. Jeez. <laughs> We're going to have to upgrade then. Or do you get like a... Man, when that furnace turns off, it gets real quiet in here. <laughs> um, I was going to... So your dad called me the other day out of service. I barely got to could hear him but i i knew i got the gist of the message and i hadn't got a chance to call him back but i was going to call him back on uh the last couple of years and this is talking about the flooding stuff just to update sean since he's looking at me uh two or three okay so twice the the duck blinds floated down the bank once the a bear knocked pushed it down mm. uh oh no Oh no! So so the last time, uh, Dave's like, we, we're gonna have to do something different. I don't want to lose it. So Dad and I took big, huge, giant metal fencing posts and drove them like halfway into the dirt. And then we uh, we got winch cable from work. And then have you ever seen a winch crimp? Like that's how you like make new loops. Yep. Yep. Um, you use like big, huge, like they look like uh, channel lock, like big, huge, like mm-hmm. uh, like bolt cutters, bolt cutters, but they're crimpers. Mm-hmm. 
and we crimped winch cable from like around the the base of the duck blind. So I was gonna ask Dave. I was gonna be like, "Hey, is the is the duck blind still there this time? Because the the bighorn doubled in current this week." But I never got a chance to find out. I guess we'll know this winter if it's still there. Oh, he'll know before then. Yeah, I'm sure I'll go check. He was driving around the ranger tonight. I bet he went down there. That'd be a very, very sore <clears throat> sight for the eyes watching your duck blind float down the river. I don't think you could go anywhere. You know what's crazy? That's it's hard to think. I think that's that duck blind's seven years old now. Yeah. Or yeah so watching it, your duck blind go down the river would be a hell of a lot easier than watching your whole house. Well, that is true. true. Like all them poor bastards on the Yellowstone that lost everything. And the Stillwater. And the Stillwater. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still curious if that guy that we know. I, he's up on the hill enough, I think. It might have got sketchy there for a minute. but As to, There was some awesome fishing. And that's uh, that's a question I have. What do you think? And I kept seeing some forums because we're on the hunting, Montana hunting forum that has all those people on it. And they're talking about a lot of guys were like, uh, all of our fisher. There was either like the, the argument where it was like, we're going to have all these new fishing holes because they're going to be wiped out. And you're going to have to refine it like where to fish. And the other argument was all of our fish are now in Mexico. And do you, what do you think? You're going to just find a new hole. I think they survived. They swim. Oh, yeah. not, it's not like a like because they're like it's it's twirling boulders and stuff like that. Well, well, absolutely. But the fish are still going to find a back channel. Yeah, they yeah. So I mean, the water slower. I mean, the only I mean the only time you see them is if they catch a wrong current and then you see them on Main Street and Red Lodge. The only thing that's going to ruin anything is any eggs. We'll wash all the eggs down the river. But. Yeah, I think we missed spawn. I think we've already had spawn for rainbows. Yeah, I th- well, it depends because some areas it's a little different, but it should be. And spawn for browns is usually in the fall. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it is. Bass is early spring. I don't know. I think trout we- spawn twice a year, guys. Spring and fall. Right. Well, regardless, I think we're fine. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do for their entire life. I know, but I thought about it. It's like besides the the main river that we that's a tailwater instead of a what's the other one oh, headwater yeah. huh headwater thank you that's uh, mountain fed stream oh my gosh <laughs> what are you well, doing well one of them comes headwater? out of a dam one of them's controlled and comes <laughs> right, out of a dam is right. used different this is why for fly fishing right the species that come out of a dam you know your bait shrimp worms stuff out of that and it's different when you have a mountain stream that's not coming out of a, a dam right but all of the you know besides the one that's controlled all of our good fishing spots were hammered by the flooding i had a yeah i had a really good fishing spot on, the, on rock creek that is probably gone destroyed. oh yeah you can you can name the creek now because it's destroyed <laughs> it's like right there's no good fit you're gonna have to and what i think josh has a good strategy about it like just start hiking and when you're five miles in there you'll probably find good fishing well yeah i mean it's the hard part is is like you go to an area like previously to the flood say you have a spot on the yellowstone that you always hit you know and then you know how deep it is you know where it is now you have to go redo everything you did to figure out that spot well that's the crappy thing is i told you boys when i went up to nye here what three weeks a month ago i guess that's crazy you were there before that and I haven't bought waders because I'm like, us four are going to go up there on a weekend and we're just going to go take the camper and spend a weekend. Mm-hmm. Now I got waders and nowhere to go. 
Yeah. Can't even get up there. The road's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been curious. My buddy's got a camp uh, cabin on the way up to East Rosebud. <clears throat> I think he, they might have gotten out of the... Basically, like, what I heard is the three miles up to the lake. Have you been up to that lake before? Which one? East Rosebud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the one that's got, like, the little bridge yep. and stuff on Did you see pictures of that? Water's, like, almost to the top of the bridge. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess that road all the way up is just completely wiped. What are you doing over here? It's... It's just like crazy because I really wanted to like just seeing some of the actual drastic change in the um, the water is like you because like you see all these bridges and it's like the water is like fourteen feet from it you know and then all of a sudden it's like no it's six inches you know like you know in the flood it's just it's weird to like think how powerful water is and how how much it. But it still doesn't deter stupid people. Did you see? Um, I've been seeing a lot of TikToks of people that were on the Stillwater and the Upper Yellowstone, and they're coming from all over states because th- this is they compared it to like, you know, when there's like tsunami season in Hawaii and people like show up in hordes for the surf because it's like the best wave or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this is what it is for extreme rafting and kayaking and stuff. And some seventy-two-year-old dude just died the other day because he was out in it rafting, and it's like. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's so much water. I was just up, up at Yelltail Dam over the weekend, and we're only like, shoot, four and a half foot from being at high water level. Which and, is awesome. And honestly. usually by 4th of July, I mean, we're still, I don't know, probably a half a mile from from Black Canyon with the bathrooms, which they don't have out yet, by the way. Thanks, Park Service. So this brings up a question that Sean and I kind of <laughs> talked about last week. What are your expectations? So, like, we're almost to July. I mean, not almost. I guess we still, like, not really. Two we're weeks. over halfway through June. And the grass is still green in the prairie. Do you think this is going to be a wet summer all the way through? Or do you think we're just going to grow it tall and have big fire season and be dry like last year? No, we'll dry out in July. The nice thing is, is as far as our deer population this year, we're going to see a lot of wide bucks, but not heavy. You're not going to see the heavy bucks like we, we have in the past. Why is that? Because the grass hasn't turned with the nutrients and dried the nutrients back into the grass yet. Um, well, I guess that was where I was leading. Is like, do you think we're going to have super better, wide, super, horn, super, super wide bucks? This better year? horn growth in comparison from last May to... Do you think we're going to have a better hunting season this year versus last year? Because we're having a higher nutrient, less uh, stressful yes. summer. Yes, it's going to be a lot less stressful as of now. But driving down the road today, I noticed in the borrow pit ditches that the cheatgrass is already changing color. And it's already drying out. So that means our grass should start turning here in another 10 to 15 days. Well, and that's what, like, so we had the, you, you came out for Broadview days. It was super green. And then my mom was talking about when she came over the other day, uh, my yard was already turning. But then we had an inch and a half rain. It's already green again. But it's like, wow. like It's the same thing. I mean, we're we're damn near in July, halfway through June, and I haven't turned my water on once in my yard. Oh, mm-hmm. really? I have, Yeah, I haven't either. I just hooked up my sprinklers, too, which is wild for, like, because Ramsey, we do live basically on the prairie. So any kind of green grass you're going to get, you want to, like. Last year in June, I had the sprinklers out as soon as they turned the water on. And the only green spot was the circle that the sprinklers were in. Yeah, and now I have a full green grass. Well, it's just even crazier when I bought the place. Like the people were like, 
It was dirt. It was dirt. And they were just in like weeds. It's weird to have a full grass, but also Sean doesn't even know this, but uh he may know. I'm a farmer now. I hear some cats are killing your cucumbers. I don't know if it was the cats or not. Like I had one cucumber plant that after I planted it like a week later, it just didn't do shit. And I kept catching the cats in the in the in the I've I don't think boxes. the white cat's ever gonna go in the box again. Why? Well, he was chilling in the box, and I beamed him with a fork. <laughs> well, we have this. Uh, we call it the welfare cat because, right? Um, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, have we? Yeah, you did. Did we? Yeah, we we, we saved it from death mm-hmm. because it was living in my garage. It snuck into my garage, and so now we still feed it. And Ramsey caught it in the garden, and I caught a couple footprints, and then all of a sudden, like I had a cucumber plant dead. But where I'm getting at is, I have them. They're all fenced in now. I'm addicted. I can't. I can't go to the store without buying plants, dude. I don't know what's wrong with. Me. <laughs> what What are you growing right now? Um, I have four different kinds of pepper plants. I have two cucumbers. I have. I'm like addicted to onions, so I have like four rows of onions. You and can do two marijuana plants just legally. By the way, I would do those in my basement too. If I did, <laughs> <laughs> like truthfully told, like it's, that's they do the best. they do the best there. in the basement. But uh, and then I got five, six. Tomato plants, a row of carrots, and two strawberry plants. Did you do jalapenos? Yeah, I have two jalapeno plants. I have habanero. A, no, I have ghost peppers though. Yeah. And then I have a, I got banana peppers because I want to pickle them. Strawberries. Two two strawberry plants. Dude, my mom. Potatoes. And Red potatoes. I was too late on potatoes because the lady at the I went to. Okay, first of all, did you guys know there was a giant greenhouse thing called in, Roots? in Laurel? Oh. There's also yeah. one massive, on, and there's massive. one on 72nd too. There's one right off of 27th on Garden Avenue. As well, well, I went there, and the lady's like, "Yeah, you're too late for potatoes." And I was like, "Could I just try and get like a little one?" And she's like, "No, you're too late." And I was like, "All right, well, it's, I want to do. If I could do one thing in a garden, like let's you, let's say you gave me like 50 yards to do a garden, it would be like six rows of potatoes, two rows of onions, Some and corn for sure, and a row of peppers, peaches would, and cream." <laughs> What? Oh, the yeah, yeah. corn. Yeah, hmm. but but my, my plan, gardening is a little addictive. I mean, it is. Well, I, I like to. It's well, super awesome until you got to weed it like every three days. Well, do you, I won't have to with a raised garden. There shouldn't be any way to weed. I don't know. My thing is depends on how clean your with the plants you with the way the world's going. I want to be somewhat self sufficient, even though my garden I don't think is big enough or quality <laughs> enough to. Why don't you just take? A good section of your backyard, do it. I'm just worried that like where I live, the soil's not good enough, and like it gets too dry and hot. I gotta do it. There's somebody that's hauling like two hundred thousand tons of the best dirt you can get right now off uh, of subdivision. Oh, that could haul like hey, three did, loads. Did up that there. guy get me gravel from my house? I would pay you, but I, well, you'd have to buy the gravel, but I can haul it up there. I need a. My my in front of my both my garages keeps flooding because I have just you need to get some positive drainage yeah and I well gravel would hurt would be the one well, like I think I'd it, use road base honestly well whatever anything would be better than probably. what anything like would be quarter, better than what it's doing three quarter wash is what I do the sand would just make it a muddy mess if you went road base. and it it rained so much yesterday well if you put that three quarter down it won't be bad then because hmm. I got a lip on my little garage like it's like list 
obviously no one in the podcast can see this, but it's like a, like it's lifted. So nothing can get into my garage because my garage is lower. And for the first time ever, it pushed water into the garage the other day, which doesn't. Sunday's rainstorm. It rained enough that I walked in there and it was just like a. And it just pushed a bunch of mud in there. So it's like not even like there's water everywhere and ruining anything. It's just like the beginning of it. It was like three feet of mud. So when you walk in there, you just fall on your ass because you just slip on mud. I really want to take a trip out. We should go drink beer and go out to the ranch one of these weekends and see how how much of a golf course it looks like. Oh, yeah. After all that. Has Dave been out there at all? Uh He's only been prey dog hunting. I bet it's probably. We probably need to bring a mower and a weed eater out there. I think next month. Did we we end up pulling that big generator? Yeah. Yeah, we moved the big generator. Yeah, Just underneath the uh, carpet. Right. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like there would have been some weeds growing through. There was weeds growing when I was out there last time. Yeah. There was something I had to move. Oh, it was uh, your hoses were fucking weeded in. I had to like rip them Mm. out. But um, I think next month we should plant it and we should break in the new your new ranger. Well, the crazy thing is, I just pulled up the pictures from last year, and seven twenty eight, twenty one at twelve oh four, we lost the whole ranch. Yeah, the whole south end. I remember. So twenty twenty eight days from now, twenty seven days from today, a year ago we were so dry that. Well, yeah, and I I uh, I left the wedding to head straight out to Harden to see, and then yeah, that was a crazy weekend. I missed. I don't know. I wish I was there to have helped you guys, but at the same time. You guys were going through some crazy shit. <laughs> it wasn't fun. Yeah, it's it's probably just looks. I wonder how that that burno. There was some grass sprouting through that last time we were there. That's what he's it? talking about. He thinks it, I I would bet you're right. Oh, I, I guarantee it looks like a ten inch golf course. And, and I would bet. So okay, let me tell you like my deepest memories out there. My deepest memory of the ranch when I was like 17, 16, was. Like, it was always crazy to me, the road up to the ranch had, like, the tallest, deepest, um, like, weeds and plants mm-hmm. and stuff in that ditch got burnt out completely. But there was always just animals flooding out of it. Every time you drove up, up for the whole time you've been out here, I bet you your weeds and stuff are back this year. Oh, yeah. I bet I bet you have that little habitat back, and I bet stuff moves back in. I just want to see what happens to all those pine trees now that's so green. If they recovered at all or... Yeah, because, I mean, even when we were out there last time, there was still a three-foot dry spot under every tree. Oh, that's where that fucking fire got so damn hot. It... I bet you there's grass down in up to the bases of the trees. That'd be cool. Now. It'd be worth taking a trip out there just to go oh, drink yeah. beer for yeah, an like, afternoon, uh, stay overnight, and come back. Third week in July. I mean, and you and I have been talking. See, we've, we've missed a lot because we've both been gone. But when did we – we talked last week about prepared, getting prepared for hunting season. Mm-hmm. And I we I shared the what you and I have been talking about, and we're Going talking about Ju- game farm. We're talking about July already, and we have gotten none of our plant. Like we need to like definitely narrow down time to get these blinds made and get plans made and stuff. It's coming quick. Yeah, we need to get that rack on that ranger. Well, I need to put everything in it too. I just stripped the other one. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna come up a, fast. It's gonna come up real fast. Archery season. I know. And like I'm I said, this well, is all honesty, it feels like I got back like a week ago from California. Really? Uh, I mean, it's just been nonstop. Yeah. And you're probably not gonna have a break the rest of the summer either. And it's gonna go right into archery season. Yeah. But that's that's kind of a break for you in a way. 
weekend. Mental break. But air conditioner kicked on. Um, where was I? I I was gonna say something. Oh yeah, and then also this is like it's gonna be even earlier. Like I said last week, because this is the first time I put in and got that archery tag in the last like five years because I've been putting for the rifle tag. That's right. When do they draw? When do the antelope rifle antelope? So what? August? Yeah, because so I finally got the explanation on that. It's because they wait till the end of July. This is their theory to count spring fawn to get a spring fawn count to see if drought or winter has affected the population before they release tags. Does that sound right? Mm. So that's why we're gonna give out a lot of tags. But it's been it's been a bitch to me too, or like it's been a complaint of mine too, because it's like, how do you make a plan? And they they did help hunters out by um, putting in for. <laughs> My gut made a noise. Did you hear it? Because you guys got me drinking BL limes. Ugh. But anyways, it was a complaint of mine the way they drew antelope because what it used to be is they would do all antelope like the second week, like this first week in August. And it's like, how do I plan for trips and stuff and weekends when you release the tags like eight days before? Right. Before. That would be just, but if that's a true explanation, how do you? I mean, how do you do it though? Do you like oh, we're gonna make this plan, and with these four dudes, and if one of us draws the tag, we're still gonna go. But if we all don't, uh, well, we got a free weekend. Well, you know what's crazy is like all my friends don't even put the rifle tag, and a lot for them is like they don't have the land, and that's what I was sitting down with Rams the other day thinking about the the land accessibility we have now is like way more astronomical than I thought it was, <laughs> like. I would say we have access to like 150,000 acres probably easily. And I told them, I'm like, like, cause they keep going like way, like 60 miles from here to do this archery hunting on ponds and stuff. And I was like, dude, we could sit ponds like a half mile from my house and shoot good antelope all day long. But I don't know. That was my thing too. Is like, I put in, I got that antelope that's on the wall over there this year and I used all my bonus points to get it. So it's like, I'm just going to put in for the archery tag because I know it's like 100%. And I don't know. What is the what is the antelope draw that we that we put in for? I think so, it's like 75% or something like that. It is? It's, it's pretty high, but the, the nice thing is it's just like the elk tag where if we draw it, we can hunt during archery season with that same tag. Yeah. Oh, we, we just can? Have to, we just have to hunt. Yeah, the only benefit... Section. The only benefit, there's two benefits that I get. A, with the 900-20 tag, I can hunt starting August, August 15th. Which is when we can start. B, I can basically hunt antelope in the entire state. Right. It's like right. A, your 900 elk tag where you can hunt anywhere. Well, the, the 900 elk tag was like not 100% of the state. It was like 60, 50% of the state. But the antelope tag is like most of the state, I'm pretty sure. Right, which so we can't. It is an archery tag as well. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm hoping because I think it'd be cool to get the bows out before. For what now? Because our if we our, draw our tags, we can hunt that section. Yeah. So did I bring my bow back? What? I think he left it at camp. There was a bow. Do you remember? Camp, but it could be Dave's too. No, Dave's was in the garage. There was one literally on the outside of the. In a bow case on the outside. Yeah, looks like under the have little to go there sooner because you need new strings, don't you? Yeah, they're fraying. I don't. 
I'm gonna shoot that big bass. You need to get it now. They're three weeks out on strings. Why don't you just buy a new bow? I bet we could talk him into it. Nah. Come on. (laughs) You won't. Matt, just think about all the gas money you'll save at almost six dollars a gallon to go all the way up there versus get driving this yeah. instead of going get your boat <laughs> you can go spend uh, a thousand dollars on a new one yeah <laughs> I mean, come on. that's logical right i think you could swing it oh yeah just think about this ramsey got your ranger sold so you didn't have to make a double payment next month you saved all that money and now you can spend it if you guys can pass that upstairs i'm good oh i have you seen me talk to your Just, wife? But you yeah. know you'll have to shoot with us a bunch if you get a new one. <laughs> like three arrows, I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Bull Mountain Brothers does not condone that. <laughs> <laughs> lack of uh, lack of lack of ethicality. I think I think that's a good idea. What's that, Matt? Getting a new bow? Yeah. He won't. I'll talk to Amy. We could get him. He'd probably just go buy another bear. No, they got good ones at Walmart. I think. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> All right, so Matt's he's just, not he's just trying to get Ramsey riled up. <laughs> go Listen, join if the, my broke ass join, can oh, afford a new come bow. join the good side of the force and get yourself, get a, yourself a Hoyt. No, don't, because if you get a Hoyt, the, the table's half and half. Yeah. If you get a Matthews, then we overpower Ramsey. If I'm buying one, I'm buying the Matthews. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ramsey had the choice to get a Matthews, too, and he didn't. I yeah. didn't like the way it felt. No, he shot the Matthews. Twice, yeah. and then he would not put the. Tell us right now, down. your mind was set before you came in there. Yeah, it was because yeah. I like the Hoyt. I, I knew it. You wouldn't okay. even give it a chance. Here's here's my thing with with the Matthews and with the Hoyt. Rob likes a Hoyt too, so that that explains no everything. Listen, God damn it, he is a big bastard though. And Hoyt made the the big Matthews limbo bow limbos. stopped at thirty two inches, which I am right. You at, want to know why I want a Matthews bow? I am right. No, I'm, let me finish. I'm right at thirty two inches. Okay. Which means that if I needed to go longer, I couldn't. The fuck you think you're going to grow? Riley, um, just just bear with me here. We put Ramsey's arm up at the bow shop. Did he not show a 30 and a half? He's 31 and a half. I thought it was a 30 and a half. No, it's 31 and a half. Okay. But he was right. I mean, he is. a. I, I will give him the benefit. He is a long, tall bastard. But. Because just because, and I know she told you this when you bought your bow. She said, just because it says 31 and a half or 30, whatever you are, doesn't mean that's where you're at when you draw a bow back. I have no problem. I, I actually, Ramsey shoots his new bow well and he's comfortable. That's that's all that matters. What were you going to say? I'm only buying a Matthews because it's Matthew. Oh wow! My first name, they're dumbass. <laughs> Are you kidding? Matt, I was thinking. I was thinking. Matt, Matt Matthew. It's David. Matthew Matthew. Matthew Matthew. <laughs> Matthew Matthew. Whitest name ever. <laughs> I am Matt Matthew. Or you can just call me Matthew. But the Matthew. only funny thing is, is I should buy another bear because I mean I did shoot an elk with it, did shoot and it did die on like years. That was my old bow, dude. That you had. No, it wasn't. It was the first year you had your new one. It was. Hmm. Well. <laughs> situations arose that we're just going to. The old Hoyt it. just didn't have enough power to take it down. That's what the old Hoyt didn't have enough power to take it down. <laughs> he didn't even realize he just said that. Yeah, I did. You said Hoyt. I know. My oh, Hoyt. your Hoyt. Oh, now he's talking shit. I get. What you're <laughs> I I was following the whole time, but we have to back go back just for two seconds because you were saying 
it would be cool to antelope hunt because we were discussing that last week you had a problem with do I go to the mountains or do I hunt by home? Well, you could make your mind now if you want to hunt antelope, you could spend all day hunting antelope after you just figure out there's no elk there. So it's not going to be like a wasted weekend if you can't find elk. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but we'll have our antelope down opening weekend. Opening weekend of what? Archery. You're not going to hunt. What are you doing for opening week of archery? You're hunting it. For antelope? You're hunting around here. It no. opens the 4th. Of what? We're not, what are you talking about? I'm saying we won't be <laughs> antelope hunting during the elk season because we'll already have our antelope down. What is he saying? They start the same fucking day. It starts in August. You don't have a 900 tag. If we draw that tag, it nope. starts... No, it doesn't. The only season that starts in the middle of August is the 900 series tag. Hmm. Otherwise, it starts September Settle 4th. down. Settle down. You're confusing the audience and making yourself look dumb. No. Sorry, that was that was aggressive. Yeah, I don't know. That now Ramsey's mad at me. Super unnecessary. I, I just said that for shock value. <laughs> He's mad at me. That is a good that is a good call though. But do you get what I'm saying? Like because yeah. that was your worry. You're like, well, we'll get into a spot and if the elk aren't there, then like what do we do? And now you could look at it. You could spend the whole day trying to shoot antelope if, like, you decide to make that decision. Well, and then, like you said, like, or deer blinds on the blinds on the pond. I mean, that's that's a very well, that's what's efficient great about, way to that's what that's what's archery. great about where we're at is it dries, it gets dry, and there's very little water sources. You just put a blind up at a water source, leave it there, and it should be pretty. I mean, not easy. Bow hunting never is easy, but it's going to be higher percent chance of you know, over spot and stock. Right. But yeah, like for looking, looking for elk in this new spot, we can do that and antelope hunt at the same time. So, I mean, okay. So Ramsey's currently looking up regulations cause he's really mad at me. I just want to say, I apologize for yelling at Ramsey. Do you forgive me? Oh, he flipped me off with that. We're going to go into break. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of have fun with it. Um, the last half of our episode today, it's going to be kind of like, would you, would you call it a wall tent chronicle type thing? Or would you call it more like, I would say it would be, it's, it's going to be like a wall tent. What we want to do is talk about the things that make us better hunters, which is we want to say just a banter off a bunch of stories of like a ton of those archery tags, a big like, what is your, like, all your mistakes, like, that you can remember stories mm -hmm. of? And I, I remember some. I'll kick it off, and then we'll go. That's basically how we'll uh, bounce off each other when we get back. What would you find, Ramsey? You have about 5,600 of those 900 tags. Yeah, I bet they have surplus. So if you guys don't draw, you should buy a surplus one. So, all right. Well, we're going to hear some words from our sponsor, and we will be right back. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, contact our friends at F&H Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. 
From front yards to farm yards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. All right, welcome back. We're going to go right into this. Um, basically, I'm going to just start off with like my suggested story, like how we're going to go about this. And then everyone just start just going. Like if one guy tells 10 stories and one guy says tells one, it, it doesn't matter. Let's just, let's just go back and forth. But we decided that... Um, it'd be kind of cool to talk about, like, we think that the best way to become a better outdoorsman is to understand your weaknesses and understand your mistakes. And we thought it'd be fun to just kind of talk about, um, a lot of stories about our mistake, like where, you know, you've been in a situation where like you could have, like you, you messed up and, and, uh, how you're going to like, how you're going to fix it next time. Right. So I'm going to start with a little story. <clears throat> This was 2019, I want to say, and Josh and I were at some land kind of close to the house. That was kind of a year where the early part of the season we were bumping, and that's when the 900 tag was sick, like where you could go all over with it, and it was the 900 archery for those that don't know, and we would go from like, we were we were doing some pretty cool, like not cool, it kind of sucked because you didn't have anywhere to hunt, but we were hopping state lands, and we had gotten to a little bit of elk all over the place and we decided, well, there's a big deer at the private land that I hunt next to the house that we kept catching on camera and Ramsey caught. Um, you've been out there a couple times and seen it. And this place doesn't usually produce like big bucks. And we knew that, you know, as much people where it was living was too close to a road for it to be there during rifle season. So it's like, let's go make a move on it. And, we ended up parking at the house, which is kind of like the middle of the property at the top of these rims. And we decided to go in through the house. There's a really nice like timbered rim behind the house down a ways. And we were walking up and jo- like Josh was ahead of me for some reason. We had bumped a couple deer and he got up ahead of me and walked down to this big rim that we always go to. And he's like walking up to the edge and he turns at me, holds his arms up like in the shape of like, like a, like a uh, touchdown field goal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Is it field goal? That, when they go like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or touchdown. Or touchdown. Yeah. I don't know why. I literally know football more than most people. I don't know why I don't know that. <laughs> Regardless. And I'm like, is he telling me the big bucks down there? Like, I don't know what he's telling me. And this, I'm going to say this story talks about communication with your partner when you're hunting. And if you don't have the full communication with them, you could really mess up like once in a lifetime situations. And I'll talk about when I'm done with this, my lack of communication to Josh and why we screwed up on top of one other thing that was a mistake I shouldn't have even had. So I'm like trying to figure out what he's saying. He's like 20 yards ahead of me on the edge of the rim. And I was like, well, I want to try and sneak up and get closer. I'm like, what What do you want? Like, what are you trying to tell me? He's like, right there. And he kept showing like his arms out wide. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, elk. And I'm like, oh, like, cause this place gets elk, like maybe 5% of, 5% of the whole time I've ever hunted there in 20 years, I've seen elk. And I would say of the elk that have been spotted on this property, Ramsey and I have probably seen 85% of them just by ourselves. And so Josh, and he's like, there's elk. And he's like, and Josh has shot uh, several bulls, I think. And this, and he's like, he's a good hunting partner. 
because he gets in this mode where he just wants everyone to succeed. And uh, he uh, he's like, hey, he's like, come shoot this bull. And I'm like, dude, I don't have, that was the year I didn't have the 900 tag. Mm. So I just completely messed up the story, but that's fine. He had the 900 tag. I didn't. That's why oh, we're that's spot- where you were going. That's after why that deer. That's yeah, why yeah, we're yeah. spot hopping. Yeah, that's yeah. What, I remember now. That's why I was going after the deer. And I'm like, Josh, I don't have the tag. Right as I say that, my pocket goes, because they hadn't spotted Josh on the edge yet. Like he had. I'm talking like 25 yards from him off this rim. Bulls? Were these bulls? Oh shit! There's one good six, a rag, and a spike. But the one six was like 25 yards from him, and uh. So obviously at that point, they knew when we were there, when the ESPN notification went off, (laughs) which is mistake number one. And then two, um, well, anyways, I run up to see these elk and by the time he could get back to make a shot, they're already up, standing, walking, and they ran right up the rim next to us about 50 yards stopped for like maybe half a second and then bolted and we we ran up and these elk ran right in between the house and the barn which is kind of cool not really cool we would have liked to put a shot on one <coughs> and then headed across the prairie which is kind of crazy to see out there but uh yeah that was like one of those situations where i can look back on it and be like wow the 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 several mistakes that we just like we could have had an easy shot on an elk had we a communicated that for sure that like i don't have that tag because he could, he's a really good shot. He could have snuck right up twenty five yards. I mean, come on, easy pickings on a decent bull and a spot we never see elk. And then obviously, like having my phone on loud, like it's just a rookie mistake. That was just a. I don't know if we just, I don't know if we just ended up at that spot and we were like just trying to find spots and it wasn't very serious and it ended up being serious. But yeah, that's why I feel like you got to take like every instance in hunting like seriously because. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and that's what's crazy about, like, the land, like, the the close land to where we live, like, stuff pops up like that all the time. Like, weird stuff, like, you're not ready for. Like, there's always game. <coughs> and uh, it's just weird how it happens. And, and that was one of those times where we just, I should have been, pre- you should be prepared every time you take take a firearm or bow with you into the woods. And we were just, we were just trying to stumble across that buck because we, he wasn't in the spot that he usually is. It's not even always like those situations where um, where you do see animals and you're not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. It's even just those situations where if you don't put 100% effort in and, you know, do the do the right things that you know you should, how do you know if you wouldn't have been successful? Yeah. So, like Ramsey and I have had that before where, you know, yeah, maybe we go, we stayed at the bar a little too late during rifle season and we don't get up in time. I mean, how many opportunities could we have missed by not, you know, getting up early and going in? I mean, it just... Well, and, and that always was a optimism. perplexing thing with me because I had heard from people close close to that situation that would be like, well, bow hunting, you don't even have to get up early to do it or whatever. I've, yeah. I've- and I would say 99.9% of the time that you and I met are in situations... It is from dark till 10 o'clock every day. That's your best time of the day. Every single day that we have ever have. I feel like. Oh, for sure. From dark dark till at least 8.30 anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I, you guys probably missed out on a lot of opportunity. 
We did, and uh, I mean, we even knew that during that season. Like we're, I mean, because it it happened one weekend, where it was a little on and off. I mean, we we knew what we wanted to do, and we just you know stayed in the camper a little too long, and it's just well. And I mean, we've had days where we've partied too late at night, got up in the morning, got back, had brunch, and woke up and damn near missed the evening hunt. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I would say that uh, I, I got a pretty good story. Okay. It kind of has to do with the patient side of hunting. So this was actually this last season, one of the one times that Sean and I didn't hunt together, but I was up there with uh, Garrett and our buddy Zach. We kind of split up from, from our other buddies. And it was one place that, the night before we saw all these elk down on private land, but it's private land right below forest service. And I'm like, the private land's all hay fields. Like they have to go, um, they have to go into somewhere at night. And I was like, well, it's, we can get to the trees above that private land. Let's just do it. And we'll send the other group, in the other direction in case we push them, push them towards each other. Well, it's like a two mile walk in. And it was one of those times we got there like earlier than we needed to. It was like dark, dark. And we sat in the truck for a half an hour waiting for it to get kind of light. And we walk in there and we're seeing signs everywhere. I mean, we're seeing deer everywhere and, we run into a cow and I was like, okay, cool. So I threw out a, a cow call and all of a sudden these bulls, this bull starts bugling, like just pissed off. And I was like, all right, cool. Everyone let's get down into this little meadow and kind of get set up and see if we can call them in. Well, the sun started coming up over the trees and I was like, oh shit, you know, he's, I'm bugling and cow calling at him and he's just screaming back at me and you can hear him down in the trees, but we couldn't see him. I was like, damn it. This sun's going to blind us. We need to move. We need to get closer to him. And right then and there where we should have stayed where we were because we moved another 70 yards into where I thought was going to be better. And he winded us and heard him take off to the trees and never saw him. And it was just one of those moments where I'm like, damn, if I'd had a little more patience, we probably would have seen him. Right. Those are tough situations. I mean, you just, how do you know what the right call is? You know, I mean, experience can only get you, I mean, get you so far. It's like. Well, what is, um, this is like main, like a lot of big time elk hunters, like this is their main rule. But like, what is, what's your number one rule every time we go into a spot? Check the wind. Every single oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Um, you got to check the wind and then look at your, your terrain, you know, um, everything you and I are hunting is usually big badlands canyons. So you, you got to look at the wind, but you got to look at how you're going to get the bull out. Right. You know, well, and I'd say every time we would get to like a natural crossing or like a sitting situation, it was just always like, well, obviously you can't pick the wind when you get like, you know, you want to stay there. But you're at the mercy of God every morning on what direction the wind's going to come from. But like that, you're 
I got in the habit when I started hunting. Well, it kind of started with Josh and then led. I mean, Matt had the exact same mentality where like these mistakes led me to like, I'm checking wind constantly because it doesn't take much for a bull to get committed and get upwind of you and be in the wrong spot. Exactly. And almost every big bull is going to try circling you. Yeah. I mean, shit. You know, what's crazy is I have, I mean, we could tell. That's, that's the thing about, not to interrupt you, but that's the thing about like archery elk hunt. It's like when you get in somewhere, I don't care if the wind's perfect on you, but if you're calling at something, it's going to come where you can't smell it. Yeah. Most times. So you got to play those directions on where he's going to try and come in. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. Well, especially with you guys on public land. I mean, this bull's been called that how many times? I mean, they're not dumb. Right. I mean, even where we go, they're not dumb. I mean, they get well, smart. Well, well, it's the same thing when we ran out of light the night when we had the big big boy coming in. Again, looking back on it, we should have moved you down the hill another 200 yards. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I bet we have 30 stories of just the making this one, yeah. would you say a mistake or just a miscalculation? A mistake. Yeah. I mean, shit, one night we had, and that's what I would say, like, our mornings were hot. Like, you were almost seeing elk. And this was one season I'm talking about. This isn't even last year. This isn't year before. This is one year where it was super good. <clears throat> and the mornings were always hot. You were seeing elk every morning. I mean, it could have been, man, there was a, it was, I always laugh. There was, like, a clan of spikes that would always come through this natural crossing. It was, like, six spikes. It was funny. And there was one, like, giant spike. And I think Dan ended up shooting. He did. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was huge. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, it was like a Boone Crockett. It's like a big, main, big main, just giant main beam. No points off of it. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, so, like, the mornings you would spend your time sitting, waiting, really trying to get in tune with, like, your senses. Because these elk will come in silent almost every morning. Like, you hear them bugling right at first light. And then when they're coming through the area, like they're coming in silent. You have to know, like you have to head on a swivel, but like not move. I mean, there's all this stuff, but the nights were always like fun because you'd get into elk, but it was always a challenge. Always a challenge. I think the best hunt we ever had at night was when we had those elk coming from the other property when they came over and we hadn't seen nothing, hadn't seen nothing, came around the corner and all those bulls and all those cows were down to our left. Yeah. That was just, this is, I was actually just. Is this the same story? Or we kept... No, it's know, a different story. There was one night in the same canyon where... Well, the one Matt's talking about is we were honestly really not expecting anything. It was kind of windy and we <laughs> pop over this corner and we were still in the ranger. We weren't even walking. We were just trying to get to another spot because you got to cover so much land. And we like come over this corner and it's this huge... Did, did I don't know if you made it up to the end of the, the top. No. At the very end, no, we broke down. No, we went up to we went up to the north side. But did we go no, all the, the no, way? No, to on the, the south. No, it was on the south. Side. Up over the top, above camp. Above camp, did, we didn't go all the way to the end, did we? No, it's a massive canyon. I'm like, you've never been there. Miles long, miles across. Because I haven't been there since that. Um, year. I have pictures of it. I'll show you later. Um, That's not where I shot my turkey, is it? No. No? Oh, oh shoot, no. You're no <laughs> my, five miles? No, maybe not five, but a couple oh, of miles. All of five. Yeah. Um, that was a big cool, the canyon where we took those. Oh, pictures. God, dude. This is because he was three He shot his turkey on the flat, and we saw the Sears Robux and passed there. We we're, still, we we're still past where Ramsey shot his turkey. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're past that into the burn. Um, and it's a, 
massive canyon. And that was the year there's elk were just everywhere. But we come pop and it, it's like a it's almost like a rim kind of not really. It's just a big deep thing and you're way up above. It's kind of like uh there's one rim rock. I don't know how to how to explain it to you based off it's like Jonathan's rims, but they're not rims. They're like you could walk down them. You're, just, you're looking down in them. You're spotlighted when you when you come up top if you're not creeping up. And Matt and I are just like just dinking around. It wasn't it wasn't like prime time yet. It was like five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I'd say four thirty five. Yeah, and we're just like we come over the hill, and I remember this distinctly where we weren't prepared. Another situation where we we're just not prepared where you, like we should have been, but we were just I don't know. It was probably the third day of the. The hunt. wind was blowing. I mean blowing. And we were probably getting tired, right? And I have a video of this, actually. I'll show you later. And we pull up to to the edge, and Matt and I both just like, it's like <laughs> we thought we were part of the ranger or something because we went like, like you know what I'm saying? Like when you're coming to a stop running and you're just like, urch. And we both look at each other, and like down here is like 60 elk. One giant six just hanging out. And like we were, I mean, we were fucked. There was nothing we could do. And so we kind of like tried to get in a little bit. And we were so far away and there was no angle of approach. And they probably had seen us. But it was so windy, they weren't going to come out of that canyon. But we came back another time. And him and I hiked way down into this bitch. And we knew the elk were down in there. Um, And Matt called and called and called. And I was laying under this berm. And he called this bull. It's like, let's say my back's to this berm, right? And there's a big tree to my left. This bull was 20, 15, 20 yards. He came over and peeked his head over right next to if the If you would have been ready, tree. you would have had him. Well, if he, he snuck his nose over. And I don't remember if he winded us or he just didn't want to commit, but just situations like that <coughs> um, just happened. Just what it was. But, yeah, like I said, we could tell. I'll tell a funny story about Matt. That same year, yeah, Matt's showing me these videos. Oh yeah, he's got the same video I've got. Yeah, we just come over that corner and. But anyways, there was a natural crossing that we would sit almost every morning, and Matt would leave me by myself, and he'd go to his own spot. And at a certain time in the morning, he would come pick me up, just because it was like usually at that point everything had gone by and is up and way in the hills, and it's time to come get me. And uh, I don't remember what was going on that morning, if the wind was bad or something, but nothing would come in till like, like stuff was usually coming into the spot seven o'clock, like right 20, right at light or like up to 45 minutes past first light and nothing came in, nothing came in. I was like, wow, am I going to see the first time this like weekend that we haven't seen anything come in? And finally, um, like I heard a noise and it was like a grunt. And I look over and I was like, oh, there's a bull coming. And it was like a, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm ready to shoot anything with my bow. Like a raghorn is not out of the picture. And this was like, it was, it wasn't a rag, but he was like a, just a small four, four by five, maybe. And I was like, I was like, this is him. This is my bull. And there was like different routes that he could come in different trails. And usually they always came in on the trail that would like come behind me. And there, sometimes I'd have other people sitting with me. Whether it was his cousin Corey or someone else. And those time I was by, or no, maybe Corey was there. Corey was there, and he was he was basically sitting the trails that were behind me. Mm-hmm. So we just decided, like fairness, like I'll take this half of the trails, you take this half, and 
let's be fair to each other. And so I was fully ready for most of the shots for them to come down the trail would go to, would go to Corey. But for once it took the trail in front of me, which put him at like 10 yards in front of me. And I'm behind like this big sagebrush bush. And all I can do is just like, I'm holding, I'm holding, I'm holding. And I can look up with my left eye and I can see his horns at like 10 yards and I can see his body. And I'm like, like, I'm just this whole time. I'm like, like this is this is a percentage chance that you can't miss this. The bull is so big and so close, like you can't you can't miss. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I'm going to wait for him to clear the sagebrush so I don't have to take like a like I don't have to stand up a little bit and maybe spook it or I, I have all the time in the world. He's he's coming in beeline has like our wind's good has no idea we're there. But I'm telling you, it's late in the morning. We waited forever and finally this one bull came in, <clears throat> and I'm holding and I see his nose come out in front of the bush and I'm like like all of the emotions are coursing through my body. Like, I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. This is how they write it in storybooks. This is how movies come. And he starts to clear. I got his head and I'm like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe this is happening. And I hear, and I'm like, what the fuck? And all of a sudden this bull like puts his head up bolts. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm within like four, like three seconds of this bull clearing vitals for the bush. And this bull bolts, and I'm just sitting there like, like what the hell just happened? I'm disbelief. Like, God, God, whatever higher power there is, you could have gave me three seconds. And here comes Matt on the ranger to pick me up to take me back. <laughs> what was your what was the conversation had the moment you two spoke? Um, well, the first thing was was why the hell didn't you shoot that bull? <laughs> and and I was like, Matt. <laughs> Oh man, it was just like it was like one of those things where it was just like it was nobody's fault. It was literally fate. Like I don't even know how to explain it. Like it, it was neither of our faults. It was we made a time. This is when we want to. Like I don't want to sit out in the bushes and waste time when we could be going to different spots and going after deer or going after elk or doing something productive at camp for Matt to get ready for guiding season, like something or taking seven hour naps. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's the one. The time where it's just like. <clears throat> was that a mistake or was that just like absolute dumb luck? Like it just, to this day, I'm just like th- a matter of seconds. It was a dink. Somebody wanted that. I would have, I would have been so, I would have been thrilled. And then I ended up that same weekend or the next weekend, Ramsey came and I shot that other bull and then we know that story. But, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, that's those are like I said that one season was just wild, man. There was Why so is many- it so easy to beat yourself up about hunting? Like it really is. Well, it's a passion, I think, you know. Like it's always thinking about what could have happened or what should have happened. And uh I mean, it's no different than construction or anything else. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at something, you're like, well, I could have done better if I had done it this way or that way. Right, or- but I feel like it's more its more or less because how much pure optimism you have going into every single day that you were hunting. And then I think the biggest thing, Sean, is with, with bows is you already know you already are at a 90% chance of never, never pulling your bow back. Well, let me... I mean, all honesty, all bullshit aside, I mean, it's true. When you draw an archery tag... I mean, you got a 10 to 20% chance of shooting something. You have um, maybe a 10 to 
30% chance of pulling your bow back. Or even seeing anything. Yeah. I mean, for most people, I mean, we're, we're very blessed. I, I mean, we've had a lot of clients that's been with us for years that have had an opportunity, but we've had a lot that, especially during rifle season, that there's just nothing. You don't see nothing. Well, let's see if this analogy will work. Name a hobby other than hunting. Fishing. Uh, that's still not it's golf. still the same thank you golf in golf do you not have 18 controlled situations every time that you know are going to happen all you have to do is provide no but you're no what i'm saying is you're always you have 18 holes you're always going to hit a golf ball at that hole you mm-hmm. know it's going to happen your uncontrolled situation is like your skill basically and weather and whatnot but with hunting uh, it's completely uncontrolled you don't. You can't guarantee that you're gonna have 18 situations. Right. It's when not like hunting. that hole in golf is moving. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, you might not have one. You might have three situations total in a hunting season where you're even going to draw your bow back. You might have one situation. Yeah. Total. Or zero. I mean, we. What did we have last year? I drew on that bull at 80 yards, and he. I don't think you drew last year at all, did you? No. You, you drew once at the ranch last year. Um, for sure. Once at the ranch last year, I never even saw an elk during bow season. Yeah, we did on the north end with Dave, but we never saw him. We were just in him. I never saw a bull. I never saw fur one time. Me and Dave did then. Yeah. Okay. But um, Ramsey and I were at the other ranch, and we got in on that one bull that I have video of, and. That was my. I don't even know if I got my my bow bolt pulled. I think we were just. Calling. And speaking of mistakes, as soon as we saw that bull out there, we probably should have headed down to where we did. Well, yeah. That I mean, why don't you tell that story? That was a good story, and like basically how we shouldn't have called. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is last weekend, right? Last weekend, a regular archery. Well, and this is what like I think like Matt is not remembering is like I had shit going on that I didn't even make it out hunting. It sucks. I didn't get Archie hunt very much last year. So Ramsey and I made a last ditch effort for me to try and fill a tag. Yeah. This is the last weekend. We drove out and I don't know. We're checking all the normal spots. Well, we drive across this big section of state land. You know, the the road on the drove. This is Narnia, right? Yeah. We drove around it. Yeah. So we drove around the state land and we were headed towards the, the tunnel. And I look out. And here's this bull. Oh, no, it was a spike. Yeah. Yeah. Here's this spike just kind of mobbing across. Which was cool because Ramsey had been hunting hard with you guys all last season. Was that on the north or the south side of the the tunnel? Oh, the road. No, you mean it's it's the east side. No, it would be north. Yeah. The north side of the state land. Yeah. We were on the north side. Right. Bull was on the. He was on the south side, on the fence. We were where Sven was shooting at that. Oh, or bull or right, or, yeah, right. Yeah. So we went, well, we went through the tunnel and turn around. Well, no, what, what happened was we saw, I was like, oh my God, there's an elk right there. And we were, we got in there at the perfect times. But what happened was we saw the spike. Yeah. So we went through and, the tunnel. But we weren't at that point hunting for me because you had, you didn't have the same tag as me. That's why you were hunting for me. Right. But then there was a spike and we're like, oh dude, let's just go see if you like Ramsey. Anyway, why don't you go shoot the spike? We went through the tunnel to see if he came out on the other side, and I, we never saw him again. But what did we see? No, that was so the let same. Me, let me get there. All no, the no, deer. No. Yeah, 
Was that the same? Yeah. Oh, so anyway, we see like probably 18. Four points. Three by three to four by fours. <laughs> yeah. And Where if, were they this year? <laughs> yeah, I don't. And Or period. And I could have had any one of them, but I kind of decided. I was like, ah, I have well, all rifle season ahead of me. So See, Ramsey doesn't want to gloat, but he we actually snuck in on the, on the berm. And Ramsey was at like 20 yards from all of these deer. He yeah. could have shot any one of them, and he's just like, nah, they're not big enough. Yeah, I was like, I have all of rifle season ahead of me for mule deer. I was like, Sean's whatever. like, I would have shot. I would have killed you for that. But anyway. There were some decent ones. So we kind of let them go back, and we're, we go back through the tunnel and look out, and I was like, oh, there's that elk again. And I look through my binoculars, like, oh, that's not the same elk. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a pretty nice six by six. And mistake was, we sat there and took videos of it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the, one of the <laughs> not thinking like, oh, we should get in front of this thing. Josh and I talk about this all the time. It's like, is this a like new world problem where we're so in awe of elk that we start taking videos? And oh yeah, we got the spotting scope out with the with the uh, phone scope, and we were taking videos of it, and all of a sudden we're like, wait, Riley has an elk tag. We should like get in front of this thing. And so we finally decide. Oh, we're showing pictures here. Was that the turkey escapade? Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, That's even the tan ranger. Continue your story. So anyway, um, I'm like, well, I mean, I've, I've hunted this property enough. I kind of know right where he's going to be. And we picked it perfectly. Oh, yeah. It, had we been there in the time of seeing the bull instead of sitting there taking videos of it on the phone. Which how long, I mean, do you think we wasted like five to 10 minutes? Probably. And had we not wasted that 10 minutes, he would have walked right to Well, us. yeah. Cause we could have got up on the tree line and known right where he was going to cross. Yeah. Well, anyway, this bull comes out at probably 95 to a hundred yards too far for us to shoot. It's just, <clears throat> Oh, he was right at like 75, 80 when he first came out. Like it was, it was in lob shot territory, but he was still, he was walking. I don't even know why I tell these stories. We tell them the good together, dude, because you don't tell the full story, bro. I'm getting there. You don't let me finish. But anyway, so he comes out and I was like, well, let's call Adam and see what he does. So I, you know, the old tried and true hoochie mama, I hit him. He turns around and looks at us <laughs> and you could just see it on his face. He's like. Nah, and then he kept walking. Then Riley rips a bugle at him. No, I just I just chirped at him with my chirped at him with his mouth call. Didn't even turn around. Didn't even acknowledge us. Nothing. So at that moment, I was like, "Well, we need to bust ass and see if we can get ahead of him to see if he'll walk by us." And so we we beat feet pretty good, and we got to a point where I thought he was going to walk in front of us, and this thing what what like 20 yards through the trees i have video of said bull going right now see this would be a great time if we had the uh yeah put it on the screen ramsey but anyway like that thing had to have walked out in front of us at like 20 yards well, saw us before we saw it yeah it just, and took off had we literally have we showed you where this happened at before mm-hmm. it's right where then we found the new road down to the down to the little fence. We were literally, we had ran from up on the sagebrush 
all the way down to the, like we sprinted, we were sprinting, pull up on that little corner where we were, you're down in that little Canyon. And right as we're sitting there, here he comes walk. Like it was perfect. That's where, that's where Warren spotted the, that group of bucks that he got me real excited for. Really? Well, that's a yeah. good, that's a now, good cool. There's, there's action. In, that's almost right where the solar well is. Yeah. Actually, it, it's, it's right, right, right above top. it. Yeah, it's right that's where all top. those elk ran down through. Yeah, it's right yeah. on the top. That, that gets they, action. That's where Ramsey and I watched bulls walk across for two and a half minutes in the binos, single file. Well, I right almost there. think that some might like our, spotting if, spot. If you guys end up archer, well, you're not going to archer hunt there, are you? No. You tag. Well, if, if it ever happens, I would say just two two guys, one at the Solar Well Canyon and one at the other canyon. And in the, in the dark, and there's got to be elk once in a while. But yeah, that was another just like, we just weren't ready. I think we just, this is what sucks is like when you have those situations where you don't know and you were just doing it on a whim, like stuff happens so fast like that. Yeah, I mean, in that place in particular, because like, I remember Garrett drew his tag out there for the second time. And oh, yeah, his mistakes. <laughs> we don't want to talk about Garrett's mistakes. Oh, no. It, it's kind of a culmination of of both of us on that one, but Garrett's Garrett's hunting in the in the mountains has the most coveted tag in central Montana. No, 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 not that one. This is the opening day. We well, went out. We don't there. want to talk about the three hundred eighty inch bull I had at like forty five yards. Just to stop it. Watch this. Anyway, um, we went out there opening open. No, it was the second day, and it was too cold for Warren to go out. He's like, no, it's like it was snowing. Yeah. And so me and Garrett and, and our girlfriends at the time went out in the ranger and he got stuck at the brown gate. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was your yeah. snow, like it snowed like two like minutes in your hunt. Oh yeah, stuck. dude. I buried that ranger. But anyway, it was too it was too cold to walk. And so we we're just like, well, let's just go on a drive and if we see something, you know, we'll put a stock on it. And so we we're literally just out for a Sunday drive. No expectations or nothing. And that's that's why we saw elk. So we're driving. It's a big kind of ravine, and the road goes around the edges of the ravine. And we're driving along, and me and Garrett are kind of bullshitting, and, and we both look down. Kind of the same thing that me and you had during shoulder season. There's fresh tracks. Like, it's snowing, and there's fresh tracks right across the road. And me and Garrett kind of look at each other, and we're like, eh, whatever, I keep driving. All of a sudden, I look over, and there's like, 15 elk sitting in the trees like 80 yards away and i'm like oh shit and i knew where they were gonna go and it was gonna be a they were gonna go a long way so i told garrett i was like let's just get back in the ranger we'll go up top and we'll walk down and cut them off the dude gets out and runs after him on feet and i was like man there's a foot of snow and so I, I just, I go the opposite direction. I go straight and I ended up cutting them off. And here I am hundred yards away from the six by six bull standing broadside and Garrett's 300 yards, the opposite direction. I'm like, man, it could have gone either way. No. I mean, they could have stopped and turned around and he'd have been right on top of them. But once again, that was 2020. I remember that. That was, was that was a crazy year. Matt and I saw like 500 elk, and then I went to the Narnia Ranch and saw like another 150 elk that year. Anyway, the story that Riley's referring to is me and Garrett had decided to go to our public land spot and hunt with our buddies. Yeah, 
like I said, Garrett has the uh, most coveted tag in central Montana next to the one at our ranch that we guide on. And uh, <coughs> he's up hunting in the, in the mountains. And me and my girlfriend and my dad just went out to see. We just, I mean. Looking for a deer probably. For I dad. don't remember. It was a year before I started guiding. So I, Matt was, I wasn't hunting with Matt. I would just go hunt with dad. And uh, we just were putzing around. And we, that's when they first opened up the timber spot in Narnia. It was the first time we got to hunt it. So we were just kind of checking it out. And the first thing we do, and we're just driving around the ranger. We were hunting. We weren't hunting hard at all. And we come around the corner, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's cows. And so I was like, Dad, let's like, go shoot one. And by the time he got out, like, they had busted in the trees. So I run. I go up the – it's the first left to get up on top of the main road. Mm-hmm. You go up that kind of little steep part and then mm-hmm. come around the corner. And I'm just like going and going, going. I'm like, I'm gonna see where I think these cows went. And I come over to this. I just happen to come to this one edge of the timber. Look down about 75 yards. There's a giant seven, giant seven. I have pictures of it. Um, just staring at me. We sat there for. We sat there long enough with this bull just standing broadside looking at me that I called Garrett to say, "Hey, you're an idiot. I'm sitting here looking at this bull right now." I could have shot him 15 times, but I, and it's just funny to give Garrett shit. Cause he may hear this, but, uh, he, I do, res- we just like to give him shit. Like I do res- like go hunt with your buddies, go with your family. It's not all about killing stuff, but it's funny to give him shit about like the one time in my life where I saw a giant bulls just stare at me at like bow range almost right. for 15 minutes. He was not with us. <laughs> it's oh, and that, that whole season ends up like that. Cause it was. Riley and dad would hunt together and me and Garrett would hunt together or we'd swap and Garrett and Riley would hunt together and me and dad would hunt together. Wherever Garrett was, the bulls were in the other spot. Oh, yeah. And well, I had seven or eight times. I had shot a spike with Matt the weekend before I went out with Garrett and you guys and it snowed. And we made this game plan where I was like, um, for some reason, all we had was a a single bench cedar ranger. And then they were hunting their own way up on... uh, the big the field up top to look for deer because there was there was good deer in that field you know the field the field um and so i was like garrett we're, let's just go hunt elk like these guys can go do their thing up there so what ends up happening this one and just this is again this is probably going to tie up our conversation on mistakes unless you two have more stories but um we just couldn't get it right and this first morning I take off in in the ranger to get Garrett over the timber so we can start hunting. And they go over to the field to sit it to see if the deer will come out and feed out into the field. <laughs> what ends up happening, and like I said, Garrett had a coveted bull tag. I had no more elk tag because I shot the prior week with Matt. What? And uh, Ramsey just kicked me under the table. was playing footsie with me. I thought oh, we were in my, having in my issues. Lane. Um, so I'm like, Garrett, here we go. We no longer get off the prairie into the timber and there's 10 cows 50 yards off the road standing there. And we're just sitting there like, oh, my God, like, what do we do? I'm like, well, Garrett, we're not going to we're not going to race the ranger back over to get those guys to shoot a cow. Like, we'll just get to tell them the story. Meanwhile, me and dad are over. This is happening at the same time. We put a stock. I mean, we're within 40 yards of a group of like 15 or 20 mule deer, and we're just sitting there kind of. BS and there was nothing in there. I 
couple two points, couple spike deer. And I see this big brown thing moving through the trees. And right in the opening, a hundred yards away, there's a six by six raghorn just stands <laughs> right in front of me. And Garrett's on the opposite side of the ranch. And Dad and Ramsey have cow tags. So they this have cows. Works we have bulls. I mean, and then have you heard this story before? Mm-hmm. And then one other. Well, no, it, it kept going because then Garrett got and I we got down in the timber, and we're I'm seeing I'm seeing elk tracks everywhere all the way up that that trail the road that goes along all the way up to mm-hmm. the state land tracks everywhere and we bumped two more herds of just cows just cows out of out of the usual spots that they hang out in are you right where we chased all those bulls up oh, right over mm-hmm. they're always if the elk are in there they're always in that same yeah. spot yeah and so the next day happens and we're like okay well we can't we can't just miss out on the bulls sneaking we, through this we have to have a cow tag with each vehicle yeah so then i go up to the field with dad and my girlfriend comes with us and Ramsey and Garrett bomb over to the timber together. So now they both have a cow and, and a bull tag. What do you think happens to, to me and Dad and Kelly? All the bulls. We come. I, I'm not talking all the bulls. I'm talking we, we come into the field a little late on the edge of the field. We see some deer, first of all, and Dad's like, ooh, I might shoot that. And he's like, eh, maybe not. We look over. Five bulls. Five shooter bulls. All six or bigger. Standing on the edge, just big-ass shooter bulls. And we're just like, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. We're just like, this is just not going to happen for Garrett. But <clears throat> that, like I said, that year was crazy. I saw, I saw seven hundred and fifty elk that year. Like it was just uh, between the two places. Oh, even that same year is the same year that I got my cow out at the ranch with Matt, and I, that day we probably saw two hundred and fifty elk. Oh, I saw I saw more than five hundred elk. What am oh, I yeah. talking about? I saw that much when we went shoulder hunting, or not shoulder hunting, but cow hunting. Yeah. I probably saw thousands of elk that year. You got to the point where Matt's like, we're going to come over this hill and there's going to be at least a 350 plus bull here. And <laughs> yeah. he drives over the hill and here's three giant bulls just chilling. Yeah. yeah well, that was, I don't know if we'll ever see a year like that. Driving in was like an African safari for elk. <laughs> they're just running out of every coolie everywhere and they're all bulls. I bet out of the 250-ish roughly that we saw, Probably seventy or eighty percent of them were bulls. Yeah. Well, and that's what's crazy is like, and then you go to 2021 where the only elk we saw was the one herd at Narnia, and then like of course they they got into elk, but I, I didn't see during archery season. I, I tell you, I didn't see one bull or cow, and it took till that's uh, a lie. Every every day I was guiding, I saw I, or well, and then the one that we just told about when I was shadowing with Dave last year, I'd see him almost. Every day, twice a day, and we see the probably the biggest bull we've ever seen on Narnia last year. Oh my god, the thing was gigantic! <laughs> and then we f- come to find out Ramsey's buddies can hunt that property down below. Really? The, oh yeah. For cat for for cats. Oh no, he he said he could probably do some wheeling and dealing. We might have that property too. Oh, it'd be nice. Ooh. That 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 be- that would change the, the game. Oh yeah. Well, especially if you get, you get permission for that alfalfa field too. That would be unreal. Definitely you a could just spike camp edge. over in. Uh, uh, Narnia, o- Ob, yeah, Ob Creek there. Well, yeah. Sorry to hijack that whole segment. Would you guys have anything to add on? I don't know. Are you just too good? No mistakes had. No, I already t- talked about our mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's two different ones actually. I don't think Sean. Sean's too new. Whoa. No, I don't know about too new. Whoa. I just, I just think that we're together too much. That like we share a lot of the same stuff. All of my mistakes. Well, not all of them, but... Have been caused by me. Is that what you're going to say? 
Well, I mean, think about like even that day that we saw that bull. By we make situation. we make when we were or was Garrett? Who was it? You that was there or was Garrett? Well, both of us. All four of us were there. Ramsey and I and Garrett were out. Do ready you think for that you count. made mistakes? I think I'm going to be honest. I think that situation alone, the only thing we could have done was make mistakes. Yeah, I'd I don't think there was a positive outcome with that. Yeah, and that's what kept happening because that that Which one. one? On when we saw that, that monster. Giant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I could have. It was tough. I probably could have made a shot at six hundred yards, but I just that's so just tough. My comfortable range ends at about four fifty. Well, and I, I tell you, man, that that was the same exact field we kept seeing that big buck in last year, and it kept the same kind of scenario. Oh, he's man. still there. He's still he's gonna be there. Up. You guys got. He's gonna be pushing one eighty this year. He was a stud last year. He's a big, thick four. He's huge. He's the only good buck we saw all last year. Or did you guys see one during shoulder? Oh, yeah. We always see big deer during shoulder. <laughs> I think we might have saw one, but nothing crazy. But I think the biggest one we saw was the... Um, or I don't think I saw it. I think Warren was the only one who saw it. When you Or you might have been with him when you were chasing him when, we, when Garrett and I were down in that bottom and you guys went and checked over across to the hayfield and then came back to get us. And you mm. said you guys couldn't even get him in the binos. He was just so mm. spazzy. Yeah. He's probably like a 160. Yeah. I mean, they're out there. They're always out there. I don't know. But they maybe, just... maybe we wrap this up talking about maybe it's not mistakes. It's lessons that you keep. Lessons on. learned. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. And I, I, think I mean, like, the biggest stuff ever, ever shot, real records that are shot, has been shot by mistakes or an accident or luck. It's yeah, you can one, put one in the same. In, yeah, one in the same. Yeah, but nobody's yeah. ever got up and actually said, "I know where there's the road record at." Right. A lot of times, somebody else. I, I mean, like that archery road record typical that was shot down there past your place. Yeah. Yep. Was an accident. He didn't even know he had a big bull. Yeah. He knew he had a big bull, but he had no clue he had a road record. That was on public yeah. land too. Yep. Yeah. No, it's. I think that every I, there's probably situations every single time you go out, they can be like, hmm, should have done that differently. But I think, you know, like the, the moral of this was just like learning from that stuff every time, learning from. And, and don't give up on the times when shit goes wrong. I think, I think that especially the one year, like we keep talking about that we saw so many elk, it motivated, it motivated me more to not shoot bulls. Like for the next time, it's like, oh, I got it figured out. I got it figured out. And sometimes you would kind of figure it out a little bit more. <laughs> and then sometimes you'd just mess it up even worse. But yeah, I think we had a good talk. I think that yeah. was that was fun. I think we can probably relate to a lot of people that way. And I'm sure we'll make a lot of mistakes this year. We'll have some new ones for come this fall. So. Yeah, we'll have the same segment next June. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh you guys got anything to add? I'm good. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram um, for our giveaway. If you have not already, um, check out the latest post and gives you all the details on how to win. Do you guys think we're just going to not post on Instagram until this is over or should we just repost? I th- I got some ideas. Okay. Okay. Because I'd like to get more, as much people as we get involved, I'd yeah. like to get a good chance Absolutely. of people to get. I think we have like 12 or 13 people so far yep. entered in the, which is... I mean, we're not Joe Rogan, so we have to be patient. But we'd like to give any, as many people a chance that we can. Absolutely. Yep. 
And then I would say also check out the BMB store. Um, we have the new merch line, shirts, sweatshirts. Sweatshirts are going fast. So if you want one, get one now. Yep. Anything else, boys? No, sir. Alrighty, We will uh, catch you on the next one. See ya. Two Leggings Outfitters out of Hardin, Montana is your one-stop shop for the best hunting and fishing adventures Montana has to offer. If you're looking for fishing adventures, big game hunting, bird hunting, and much more, get a hold of Dave or Patty at Two Leggings Outfitters, 406-665-2825. Book the adventure of a lifetime today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear. <laughs>